0: You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast about helping online brands to build a better e-commerce growth engine with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. Ryan, referral traffic to a website is just often overlooked and it's not focused on by most digital marketers, I believe. (laughs) And I think this leaves opportunities for brands to push harder in this channel, especially when a lot of other traffic generation methods are are really kind of just um, collapsing lately to, to say the least.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, my team and I, as you know very well, we look at Google Analytics all day and our focus is generally on those large channels, the paid, organic, direct, social, uh, email. I know there's a default channel in Google Analytics called referral. And many times it's low volume or there's just an issue with tagging that's Sending another channel's traffic to referral uh, incorrectly. But because it's in Google Analytics as a default channel, I assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, that there's some value there, <laughs> but almost uh, no mid tier or small brands are really even bringing this channel up. Or, or, you know, I don't hear about it very often from them. So I used to hear about it more when you hosted those LPX events, and there would always be a couple of partners there that could help out with this. But I'm interested to hear more about this. What is it? And what do brand owners and marketing teams need to to know and be worried about, I suppose?
1: Well, referral is, as you have expressed, it's an often overlooked channel there that it it ends up becoming kind of a collection of stuff that never gets open. Because so many of the conversations that we even have at LP is often on the paid search or the organic or social side. And direct is generally, hey, we know what exactly that's. People just typing into the browser, going there. We like to see it. It's the one right above other, generally. It's like other, that's just a bunch of crap that we don't know where that comes from or just stuck in there. But referrals generally links coming into your site from channels that don't fit easily into one of the other ones. And they're not often UTM parametered. And so it's a collection of, hey, if you got mentioned on somebody's blog, it probably goes into referral traffic. Uh, If it, you know, a lot of times tweets will come into your referral traffic mm-hmm. and you have to uncover them and really decide where to put them and how to how you want that going out. It can be a valuable source of traffic. Um, and if you see it increasing, t- you know, too fast or overnight, you mm-hmm. might want to jump in there and make sure that like a PayPal isn't all of a sudden starting to show up in there and sending you traffic when it's actually just a conversion site. But I th- I think companies to start moving the needle more in 2022, they're going to have to start looking at Opportunities that are not as easy to uncover. You know, it's easy to say I need to hire somebody to push paid search up or mm-hmm. my paid social is lagging, but some of that's attributed to, you know, Apple iOS updates. But you know, I want to beat this competitor. I think the referral traffic in the channel and in Google Analytics is going to be one of those ways you can start to push competitors out by focusing more on it.
0: So yeah, we see this this PayPal issue quite a bit where it's referral coming from PayPal and our clients are like, well, why, why is PayPal referring things to us? And it's like, no, 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 no. After they check out, it sends you back to the site and that counts as referral traffic if you don't segment it out appropriately. So yeah, that's, that's typically when referral traffic comes up in our world. Is, mm-hmm. is, well,
1: that's, that's an not, easy way to understand it too. Like PayPal is sending a link to your site. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a referral because it's not coming from a search engine, which would be organic or paid. It's not direct. It's not coming from a search in, or a social like Facebook, Instagram. I think Twitter is more social, but mm-hmm. a lot of tweets that aren't coming like from your social profile on Twitter are going to be like, "Hey, I was talking to Ryan at Joyful Dirt, and you know they send a link from their tweet. Mm-hmm. That's going to come up in a referral, yeah. but." It's basically unearned media a lot of times, which is what I like to look at it.
0: Oh, that's a great way to to a great way to look at it and call it. You should have Google uh, rename that. Um, <laughs> I think most small businesses would better understand it. So, how do you understand knowing all of this? Some of the unique ways that traffic is uh, in there is tagged since you can't use UTM parameters. You know, obviously, you can't control what is referring to you. So you can't control that link necessarily. So how do you understand the unique ways that traffic in there is tagged?
1: I think step one is, is go in there and start playing around. Like if you've never gone in there and looked at it, start clicking around in there. You can eliminate some of the stuff in there that shouldn't be there. Like some of your multi-pays, your PayPal's by using referral exclusions. That can be another topic, but those aren't complicated. Just exclude. Those from being counted, so the credit will go back one channel up. Mm-hmm. So you, some of you listening to this, are probably losing some of your attributed revenue from paid search, organic, direct to PayPal or an afterpay or an Affirm. So step one, get those out, so you can actually look at what's coming to your site. And there's some ways to understand some of the more complex ones. Well, will generally, I'll talk about some of the easy ones, but if you want to get really complex and really understand the minutia behind some of these, uh, an easy to find blog on that is, is from a guy named Neil Patel who just breaks it down pretty easily. You can just actually Google referral traffic breakdowns and Neil's uh, blog article will come up. Understanding what's coming in there can allow you to find ways to push harder to get more of that traffic. Like once you start seeing some revenue show up in there that's not coming from a PayPal or a firm, it's, hey, how do I scale that? How do I push more of that? A great example came from Joyful Dirt, actually. We had a, a bunch of referral traffic show up one week. We're like, whoa, that's unique. There's you know mm-hmm. a few hundred bucks in there. What the- we didn't do that. So going in there, we were able to see, oh, my gosh, this this lady, uh, Martha Stewart, sent us some traffic. This lady, it. Martha Stewart. <laughs> I was like, wow, how do I meet her? Uh, how do I get more of Martha Stewart on this? So we actually had to. We went in there, saw it, went back, and you can open the links to see what link led to this. Well, she actually uh, called us out for houseplant food. And then we had another blog article about succulent food. And the pages themselves consistently don't send traffic. And we can use SEMrush to see how much organic traffic those pages actually get. And it's pretty low. Like, OK, well, why did all these people just one day all of a sudden come there? And so I was talking to my mother-in-law about this because I was kind of bragging to her that Martha Stewart mentioned us what kind of a big deal. Uh, she's like, oh yeah, I got that article I, in my email. I was going to te- I mean to tell you that, yeah, she was talking about houseplant food and it was in the, in the email. And so we could basically, in our referral traffic, go see that, oh, every time Martha Stewart's marketing team, probably not actually Martha Stewart, sends an email, we get sales. It's like our own email database, but one we can't control, unfortunately. And so for us, it was well, how do we go back to Martha Stewart's team and say, "Hey, we'd like to pay for more of this because there's value to us." Um, and so we went through, uh, you know, trying to figure out who was actually doing the work and what team was working for. Finally, found the right people, got in contact with them, was like, "Hey, we'd like to be able to, you know, give you an affiliate link so you can actually get paid on these because uh, you're doing the work, and if you want to do more of it, we'll pay you more," type thing. And unfortunately, uh, Martha's team wants to have uh, real integrity and transparency in their, in their call outs for product reviews and products and so they don't actually accept money. So if, if Martha's talking about it on her site, you can believe that they've actually tested it and they actually believe it does what it does and they're not getting paid because uh, I tried to pay them. <laughs> but you take that same model and if somebody else is calling you out that is willing to take an affiliate link, why not? And so that's one area I would say, hey, look at that and see if you can push on things that are already working and pushing some of that volume uh, for it. And that can work well.
0: So as a a side note here, what are your thoughts on Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg's budding friendship?
1: I think it's awesome. (laughs) I just laugh because you're like, that is not something you would have ever predicted in the 90s when I was listening to Snoop Dogg rap. And Martha Stewart was doing cooking shows. It's the, those people yeah. never coming together, but
0: yeah, hey, never you've got a lot never. of stuff going on right now. I know uh, that's rather entertaining.
1: I know. I actually bought my mother-in-law some of her gummies, so I was like, "You might need to relax <laughs> in some of these." So here's some gummies.
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> she did, she felt guilty every time she ate one, so she stopped taking them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, right, are there some referral channels you've seen that drive more value than than others? Like, where should you really kind of focus?
1: Uh, for sure, there's all. I think in almost every brand, there's going to be a referral source in there that's going to be more valuable than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, so across the board, there's probably not going to be a one size fits all because every brand is so, u- so unique and price points are all over the place. But at a high level, I have seen some winners that I can at least direct some people like I've seen uh, some of our brands at target men find some pretty good results with uh, men's health mm-hmm. and even pay to play you know, mm-hmm. on there and saying, hey, they'll review your product and give you some display placement and some of their digital uh, articles. Okay. I didn't know this site existed uh, before a friend of mine uh, almost accidentally bought placement on it, but Pink bike. Oh. turns out it's a massive site for people that like outdoor uh, sports and specifically around uh, mountain biking. And so, okay. I mean, they're really large. They get over a million visits a month. And so uh, he actually did a paid product review there before holidays for gifting, and it actually worked really well. It was mid in top funnel, it wasn't a direct response, hey, we're paying mm-hmm. 5,000, we're gonna get 25,000 in profit. But it was great for awareness that we saw months later actually had some value there. And I think that's where referral traffic generally should be bucketed. Um, and I'll find this, before I dive into more, I'll, I'll find a lot of smaller brands specifically are trying to get, pay a dollar and get $10 in profit. That's generally where their mind always wants to go. But when you're building a brand that's going to be around longer or be worth more, uh, you've got to be thinking in terms of longer term. In far like you're going to be building a Nike that didn't happen by saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna spend a dollar on on product development and we're gonna get ten dollars of profit next week." It mm-hmm. was real long term vision there. So I think referral traffic works best when it, when it's seen higher in the funnel than like a Google shopping ad
0: where okay. yeah, I'm going to
1: get a click and a buy type thing. So we've seen uh, some good stuff from uh, Pinterest, but <laughs> Pinterest is not at the level that I would say like an Instagram or Facebook is. And we've touched on Pinterest before and how I've wasted mm. money there trying to get yeah, direct response. Yeah. But it's a it's an awareness campaign that you can go in and see what pins have actually been driving traffic. In fact, again, just saw one today. I have a Google alert on uh, Joyful Dirt where I went in and saw, oh, uh, one of our partners, Zulily, had posted a pin about it and they don't even... They don't even have it right now in stock, but they had a pin on our product. And that's generating some awareness and some traffic still to the site. And so definitely not a bad play. A tricky one is is influencers. Influencers, everybody wants them to work, but it's a lot of trial and error for most brands. And so you've got to go in, if you're going to get some referral traffic from influencers, that's them mentioning your brand and them coming to your brand to do something or be aware of it. You've got to understand number one, what the platform is like the people that are looking on Pinterest are there for very different reasons than Instagram. For example, Mm -hmm. I personally go to Pinterest for recipes and that's it. Like if I'm cooking something for breakfast that I haven't done before, I'm going to go find a recipe on Pinterest. Uh, I'm on Instagram, not for cooking breakfast. I'm on there to laugh at, you know, stupid memes. Basically, that's my social media right now. It's just, Mm -hmm. I go there to laugh.
0: The algorithm has you figured out. They do.
1: <laughs> well, the people I follow, it's just small group that just make me laugh. Uh, but but Pinterest is generally higher up the funnel because of that for people. It's mm-hmm. a DIY platform, generally speaking. And so, if you're trying to give somebody a completed product, Pinterest may not be the place for that yet. Um, I think they'll gradually figure it out. Like, hey, you want to build this bookcase? Great. It's going to be you know lots of bruised thumbs with your hammer and you know a few hundred dollars or. You could buy it already done on Ikea for 100 and it'll deliver it next mm-hmm. week. That's probably where Pinterest is going to be moving further and further towards. But uh, influencers, at the end of the day, understand not just that they hit your demographic. And this is where I've failed before, is, oh, they have my demographic. Therefore, I want them to post about me. Not the case. <laughs> 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 not sure if I talked about it on here or not, but I've told quite right. a few brands that, I've, that are looking at influencers how I messed up where... I, thought I decided to pay an influencer that was an architect or home rehab person that was redoing, I mean, beautiful photography that she would redo a room before and after, walk everybody through the process. Mm-hmm. Re- I mean, she was a phenomenal photographer and got a lot of interactions on her Instagram posts. So I was like, this is great. She's hitting my target demographic perfectly. Everybody that sees her posts likes it so i'm gonna get a lot of eyeballs this is great did not work it was a complete fail well i think i paid her 1200 bucks and it was a complete loss i think i got maybe 14 dollars in sales and what i realized through the trial error there for my brand at least joyful dirt it was people following an architectural person for inspiration is going to get very different likes than somebody that's generating followers based on working through a health issue or mm-hmm. um, they're being followed because they give parenting tips People that are liking those posts or interacting with them have a very different reason to follow them. And so you as a brand need to understand as you're looking at those followers, why are they there? Are they there for the pretty pictures or are they there for the things that are in the pictures? So we've had great success and much cheaper influencer purchases for somebody that was saying, Hey, I'm actually going through a health thing trying to eat organically and I'm using this product to grow my tomatoes or do this product to grow my, you know, leafy greens. And that was way better for us. That's amazing. have a filter as you're looking through that
0: yeah we should definitely do an episode i'd love to get your thoughts on influencers um i no. think we could definitely we'll just
1: call. call ryan wastes money yeah let's, let's see how he wastes i'm money. noticing a theme <laughs> here
0: i see i feel like uh hey. we learn about that quite a bit but, but it's, it's awesome it's, you're willing to in share
1: marketing you're testing and measuring constantly like you're not going to bat a thousand but if you're not swinging you're definitely not gonna hit one. Yeah. And so that's where I go out and my partners at least trust me mm-hmm. to learn quickly, which is I think what you have to do with the referral traffic is is learn quick because you're not gonna get it right every single time. Mm-hmm. You're gonna see something that looks like it has a lot of potential. You go with it and then you realize, mm, that actually is not gonna be something that works long-term.
0: Well, everybody listening uh, on behalf of them, I'll just say that uh, thank you for, for being willing to Burn your money so that everyone else can learn. <laughs> I think it's yes,
1: if, if I could save you some money, just you know, then mommy. There my life will be appreciated. Okay, <laughs> there
0: we go. Uh, the call is out. You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast focused on e-commerce growth. Your hosts are John McDonald, founder of The Good, a conversion rate optimization agency that works with e-commerce brands to help convert more of their visitors into buyers. Ryan Garrow of Logical Position, the digital marketing agency offering pay-per-click management, search engine optimization, and website design services to brands of all sizes. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us out by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend or colleague. Thank you. So are there any channels that are easier to set up then knowing, okay, influencers might be a more difficult one?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I would say it's the pay-to-play or simple display ads, almost like if you see a source of traffic that allows you to reach out and say, "Hey, I'd love to put a display ad." Like if there was an article, and they you can see display ads on there. Like that pink bike example was a really good one because they allowed easy display ads. Uh, they were fairly inexpensive, I thought, for the traffic source. Pink bike. If you're listening, you could probably charge more sometimes. <laughs> but then it's figuring out who already likes you or is sending you traffic and then you try to find more influencers or people like that and so it's even if it's just one or two it doesn't matter if you how small your site is like uh, i'm looking at let me see in real time i'm looking at a re- referral links for a company that sells supplements and they got some sales from a site that says deal spotter mm. so they had some referral sources coming from there people that wanted to get a deal said so a coupon code that went out there so then you would go to i would go to that and say hey let's see Can you pay to be promoted better within DealSpotter since Mm -hmm. there's already people coming from there? Or are they just hijacking somebody else's coupon code that you gave out for a completely different reason? That may be something to look at. Obviously, that's a discount, and we want to be careful how you're discounting your brand and margin drain. But depending on what you're in, that's actually a supplement so that our margins are like at 85%. So Mm -hmm. margin drain may not be terrible um, because you're just looking for lifetime value on those anyway. Well,
0: and if you're playing the game, you might as well play it correctly. Go all
1: in, yeah. Yeah. So and and again, we kind of talked about long long term view, like if you're playing the top of funnel game, you're not just going at it because you're going to spend a thousand now and get a thousand dollars. And so kind of going against my influencer model, like to a degree, I would say, well, how are we playing that long term game as Joyful Dirt? Does that influencer actually have value, even if it didn't come through right now? Potentially, like the architect probably didn't make sense for my brain. And I should have probably realized that at the beginning. But if I'm going to be jumping into influencer game, like I want to nurture that long term. Mm-hmm. Think about it as large brands don't always have the answers, but there's a lot of data behind getting eyeballs on NASCARs. Like, but if you get your logo on a NASCAR, you're not going to probably generate revenue immediately from putting a logo on a NASCAR, but you know that you're building something bigger than Mm that just NASCAR. So look long-term. So I I would hate to have a small brand say, I spent a hundred bucks on this and it didn't generate anything. Well, Mm -hmm. at least see if the traffic came. Are you being able to nurture remarketing lists out of that, build up more uh, value to your site? Because especially if you can get follow links, again, if you're doing SEO, that's falls to a degree in this and how you're getting traffic to your site and linking. But I would just... Think more than the next month when you're looking <sighs> at some of this referral traffic. Oh, and I will say too, there are some of these uh, multi-pay things that you would eliminate from your referral traffic, like a firm mm. or afterpay.
0: Yeah. And
1: generally, if they're connecting on your site and transacting and coming back, obviously they don't, you don't want them getting credit. But what a lot of them are doing now that I think is pretty valuable is they're saying, "Hey, if you have afterpay or a firm, you can go to these sites and use us." And we are actually seeing good referral traffic mm. from those, which. Blew me away because I was like, oh yeah, eliminate that. And then I was like, wait a second, that's actually not normal Interesting. conversion traffic. So I followed the rabbit trail back to, I think it was it was a firmer after pay, uh,
0: yeah. but they
1: actually had a whole database that was actually generating traffic. They were sending emails kind of like Martha Stewart saying, hey, mm-hmm. here's some, some deals you might be interested based on what we know about you and your transaction history. You buy a lot of gardening things or you buy a lot of video game things. Therefore, we're going to send you sites that use our platform and Will set you up very easy to use our system. So it benefits a firm and afterpay as well, but also the retailer.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I'm wondering though, what does the company need to do to make sure that they're looking at clean referral traffic?
1: So as often as possible, I would say you want to obviously eliminate the ones that are showing up there that it shouldn't the PayPal. That's pretty mm-hmm. basic. We covered that. Uh, but if somebody does have a link coming through that's maybe should be going somewhere else or you want to understand it better. Somebody in a blog may be willing to do UTM parameters on their link. Mm-hmm. Like if you just okay. send it to them and say, hey, I'd love for you to do this so I can track it long term. I mean, I would be willing to do that if somebody sent me a link. Oh, yeah, I can change it out real quick. No harm to me.
0: Well, especially if your end goal is to make money from advertising, then you can, you know, hopefully they'll come back to you and say, oh, okay, we're seeing some good results here. Let's amp it up.
1: Yeah. So if I was going to use Pinkbike, for example, I would say, look, I'm going to, if there's pay to play on there, make sure you're using UTM parameters. Like You get to control the link that they're sending from that display at. You actually input it in their platform. So make sure you're using the UTM builders and you can't do this soon enough. Like if you haven't been doing it at all, just Google UTM builder and Google populates it for you and tells you exactly what your URL should be. So that's basics. And then double down on ones that are working. (laughs)
0: Oh, (laughs) there you go. Well, Ryan, thank you for educating me on referral traffic I had no idea that there was a whole rabbit hole here stuffed with, with all these goodies. So thank you for letting me know. And I definitely want to dive into influencers eventually because that's something I'm I'm just interested in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I had somebody the other day I was on a podcast and they called me an e-commerce influencer and I was like, Hey, I'll you take it. You for sure
1: it. are one. Yeah. Check like, I in no, your LinkedIn I, profile.
0: I never considered it but I'll take it. I've never been called an influencer to my face before and I was like, I don't know if that feels weird or or, or should I be like, you know, calling my mom? I don't know. If she uh, calls you but, and
1: says, "Hey honey, I saw you." <laughs> then you
0: know
1: it's getting My frail. mom
0: my <laughs> mom tracks me I will say online so she probably uh, already sees she's probably listening to this podcast knowing her yeah, so i think
1: my mom makes sure i'm alive by listening seeing what i'm doing online like there I'm you still, go <laughs> still clicking
0: still good <laughs> oh have times have changed all right ryan well thank you have a wonderful rest of your day thanks john thanks for listening to drive and convert with john mcdonald and ryan garrow to keep up to date with new episodes you can subscribe at driveandconvert.com.